I was on the job only three months, and uh, we were having uh, a lot of snow in the end of the year, and we still had a snowpack in May. And uh, on Mother's Day, it rained and rained, starting Saturday and into Sunday. And I was out my hunting camp, and I had to come in from there for a big dinner as I'm getting to my house I've noticed the rivers are coming up everywhere and it's looking bad so I get home for the dinner I tell everybody I've got to go make some phone calls and as soon as I started making phone calls I was getting word that we were losing a road (laughs) so three months on the job okay what do we do so I checked with my foreman Uh, we he said he'll cover go check out the road that we're losing while I start making a phone call so sheriff's department state police MDOT Emergency coordinator, all of this while everyone's downstairs having dinner. And uh, I came, came out and I said, I got to go. What's going on? He said, well, we're losing a bunch of roads. So I um, quickly got all my gear together that I could, rain pants, uh, hip boots, uh, knee boots, uh, rain gear, gloves, everything I could. I left the house and I didn't get back from that until... Well, after midnight, uh, we were out, most of the crew, we were cleaning culverts on a scenic road with long poles because they're getting all this spring flush of leaves and plugging mm. every five minutes to 10 minutes, it would be plugged again. So we were just running crews up and down the scenic road, up and down the shoreline. Um, we lost Garden City Road. We lost M26 in two spots. Wow. Um Jacobs Falls and Garden City Brook both there and um, a lot of other local roads we were able to save just because we were out with the excavator pulling logs out of inf- that were plugging culverts um, I mean we, it was just something that to see on three months on a job to wow things like this can happen <laughs> crazy it was wow. a long day <laughs> Welcome to A Fresh Air Inspired Life. I'm your host, Amanda Wise, and today we're coming to you from Five Mile Point Road with a beautiful view of the lake and the waves coming in and crashing on the icy shores. We have a way cool guest He's who's going to dispel a common winter myth. Now, I worked in the service industry in Copper Harbor for nine years, and in the summer, people asked, do you live here? When I told them yes, 100% of the time, the next question was, all year round? When I answered yes again, they would act like I was trapped here all winter, only to escape on my snowmobile, which I don't have. And they were always surprised when I told them that their roads are great in the winter. The Keweenaw County Road Commission has worked really hard to make sure the roads are clear all the way to Copper Harbor. So today I'm delighted to be sitting here with the man who managed those operations for the last 20 years. Please welcome Mr. Greg Patrick. Greg, thanks so much for being with us today. Good morning, Amanda. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So winter is long and unpredictable, 
up here, but it's it seems like you did your best to keep the operations running smoothly starting in the fall with those sticks on the side of the road. That's the start of it all. Correct. Yeah, tell us about those sticks, Greg. Well, um, our drivers have to know where the edges of the roads are. And um, in order for them to do that, they've got to mark them while there is no snow. And we get the shoulder hinge points, uh, any other roadside hazards. If you, I wouldn't call them a hazard, uh, uh, say a culvert marker, anything like that, that might be below the snow that they can't see. Uh, so those, all those items will get marked. Curves will get marked. Um, obviously, when you're out in a snowstorm, it's hard to see. Those sticks are a little bit guidelines for them to uh, keep moving safely themselves uh, through the night and, uh, and, and the daytime. Um, so, yeah, that's where it all starts, uh, right before it flies. Uh, we try and get, as, get those going uh, mid-October, typically. Yeah. How, how many sticks do you have to get? You know, I don't have a final count, about a oh, thousand, I'm guessing. A thousand, wow. And you import those from China, I would imagine. Yeah, <laughs> no, we're f they're found in top secret locations oh. throughout the Keweenaw. Great. <laughs> well, that's perfect. Keep it local. Keep it local. That's great. So I was actually, on my way here, I got um, stuck behind a plow, if you will. What do you do when you come up behind a plow? wait till you can safely pass otherwise stay back uh generally you know 500 feet but they had you know three 200 feet anything just so the driver can see you. that's a big thing oh, in his okay. mirrors stay in the driver's mirrors that yeah. makes sense if, if you, you get see... too close they can't see you yeah and if you can see the driver's mirrors then they can see you correct, correct. Oh, okay good well i did i waited and it was fun today coming down because I thought, well, if I'm going to be late from being stuck behind a snowplow, what a better person to understand mm -hmm. than Greg. So, but while I was behind him, I was thinking, okay, you know, here we are going 30 miles an hour and the road is nice. It was sanding because it was the covered stretch. Mm -hmm. And, but let me tell you, he, the driver did a really great job coming right up on those sticks. And I can't believe that it's the end of February, beginning of March, and those sticks were right still hugged up on. So they, it's a really great method to have it still be that close this time of year. I, it really surprised me. Yeah, um, the, the drivers have a lot of skill. I mean, they, they watch those things. They know where to leave their wing hanging and uh, just, you know, if they're by themselves or with a wingman, uh, you know, they, they know what they're doing and keep an eye out because uh, they know they need them all winter long. So Yeah, wow. I'm surprised. I see once in a while a couple of them are busted down, but not many. Not so many. Good no. for them. No, that's great. They must have some good training. Uh, well, it's it's generally passed down knowledge. Uh, we generally oh. put the new guys with somebody that's been there for several years and has the experience, so that's how they learn. Uh, it's basically on the job. Wow. Well, that's great. Cool. And so I, got, I have a burning question. How do you determine whether to use sand or salt on the road? Um, there's a lot of factors that go in yeah. there. Temperature is the first one. Um, salt doesn't, r rock salt is not very effective. Uh, once you get below uh, 22, 20 degrees, it's uh, not working very well. You also need traffic. Um, mm. So if you look, uh, we never really used a lot in Keweenaw until Houghton County uh, gave up their maintenance contract and MDOT took over. Uh, with MDOT, they had their set state standards on how they want to take care of the main trunk lines. And with that, they were applying more salt between Hancock and Calumet than Houghton County was. 
And with that, it started, people were carrying it on their vehicles and it was dripping between Calumet and Kearsarge and into Phillipsville. Well, as it dripped off, we were, it was reforming. It wasn't at such a concentration that it would keep it uh, uh, melted. It would refreeze and get a glare ice on it. So we had to start salting from Calumet down to Mohawk, anyway, and north of Mohawk. And beyond that, there's not as much traffic. So what we do now, our typical standards is we'll try and keep up with MDOT as they get up to the Calumet M203 intersection, and we take care of it northward. Um, MDOT, I think, kind of, how would you say, uh, brought that way of doing it whereas we wanted it we did try and stick with the sanding we couldn't do it so if you notice north of mohawk we'll Mm -hmm. continue sanding until we get a nice day and there's a break in the action then we'll try and bear up uh from mohawk to the scenic route uh the scenic route there's too much shade not enough sun not enough traffic so we basically got to stop there when you got mount bohemia you got the traffic so Mm. that's enough so that we can salt up to that portion Wow, interesting. Thanks. And then the covered stretch, like I I notice, is always just Just sanded. sanded. Yeah, Yeah, and that's why. There's just not enough traffic and not enough sun in there. Oh, that's true, too. Wow, cool. Well, thank you for clearing that up for at least my little mind. I'm sure more people would be curious. M26 is the same, you know, Mm. not enough traffic and not enough sun in the winter. Okay. Wow. So what's the schedule for the morning? Like, what time are they like, all right, let's start getting those roads. We had a snowstorm. What's, what's it uh, like? The, the day shift, uh, it moved around. Uh, when I first started, it was uh, uh, on call days, basically. A normal start time. If there wasn't a lot of snow, we'd start at 7. Only a couple guys would start earlier. Um, then it switched to almost everybody starting a little bit earlier, and we weren't keeping up with some of the traffic mm-hmm. uh, as our crew got smaller. Um, and that's something we can talk about uh, later. But um, we'd set a start time now of 4.30, steady, wow. every mm-hmm. day, no matter what. And it's mainly because of the sleep cycles the guys were struggling with. Uh, go from one day waking up at 4 o'clock to the next day at 6.30. Um, yeah, it wasn't working well with them. And uh, to try and keep those guys, uh, I guess, at their best, it was easier just to set a time. So everybody's starting at 4.30. Um, on a heavier snow day, you'll get the Oshkoshes doing their runs, uh, which is 26, uh, 41, and uh, Towns in southern Keweenaw County. And then there's one that runs uh, a route to Gratiot Lake and Lac La Belle. Um, on a non-heavy snow day, then you'll just have single trucks going out with the sanders on them, the super trucks, and graders. So it's a, it's a varying operation depending on the amount of snow that the, f- the foreman is out checking the roads every night at 3 a.m. Um, uh, and seeing what we have and deciding what to call out so and get the guys ready for that at 4.30. So. Wow. So it, it does vary. And what do, what do the guys need to do when, say, there's not going to be snow for a while? I've seen some huge snowblower auger things going through the towns and clearing banks. What's... What's that all yep, about? Yeah, we you, we only have so much snow storage, so once it builds up, we have to go through with the snow blower and kind of widen it back out again. But once you make the first cut, there's no place for the snow to go. So you do it the first time, you probably got another 30, 40 inches of snow at most, and you got to get out again. So um, it's a continual battle once you hit that first snow go job. So Yeah. <laughs> Where does that snow go then? Once you remove it from the banks, you put it in trucks. 
Uh, in on 41, on 41. On, through the MDOT maintenance contract, we can do that. Uh, when we okay. do the side streets on our county roads, we don't have the money to be able to sure. do that, so it gets pushed to their yards or blown okay. into their yards. Or or if there's an open area, open lot, vacant lot, things like that, it'll get blown there. So Okay, and then it's up to the residential and the commercial business owners to move it from there yeah. <laughs> oh yeah it's there's definitely a love-hate relationship with the plows um oh, for yeah. people who live around here you love it when you can drive where you're going but you hate it when you gotta get out of your driveway yeah given certain plow routes uh, if they have time on a bad snow day or if they're working overtime you may they might come by your house two or three times, yep. you know, depending where you live. You know, that yep. certain houses only may get once, but if you're on a main road where they are trying to move back and forth to get to other areas, you may get it in front of your house a couple of times. So Yeah, that's true. Um, so kind of with that, today I noticed we got some snow last night. So the main roads, 41, 26 were plowed, but then the side streets in Copper Harbor were you know, no one had been up there yet because mm -hmm. there's more important things to do in the area with heavier traffic. So how do you know when it's time to send the side street plows to Copper Harbor? Um, well, they're on a set route. And if depending what they sent out, uh, obviously I'm not working there anymore. Sure. I'm retired. So uh, I'm Congrats. not sure what their plan was today. And um, what, they, what we typically would do is uh, he would double up his routes if there was because it was windy, so he's probably getting the main roads done first with the drifting, and he may push him back. Then he'll come in and do the town then later in the morning, a little later than usual. Oh, okay. But uh, if it were, um, how would you say, a normal day without the drifting, he probably would have been there sooner. Oh, so. okay. Wow. So you, uh, you mentioned something earlier about the crew kind of getting smaller and said we could talk about that sure kind of yeah. yeah what's, what's that well about? when i started in 2003 we had 24 full-time employees we are down to 14 now um just mainly the funding levels started dropping right after i started staying flat actually went down a little bit and uh, of course costs were going up health insurance uh, uh equipment costs everything you can think of was starting to go up rapidly and we struggled basically from 2006 until 2015 when legislation was passed at the state level to get us more funding, which finally started taking effect in 2017. So in the meantime, we, as people retired, you know, through attrition, we did not replace anybody and just downsized. And we had to reset up our plowing program because when you had 24 people plus wingmen, which was an additional, at that time, I think six part-timers we had in the winter. We were close to 30 employees. Now we're, you know, dealing with trying to get some of this stuff done with one man in a truck. Mm -hmm. So that uh, led to us uh, purchase. We had a, a new Oshkosh with a automatic transmission. We converted that to a one-man Oshkosh. Uh, the other two main ones or three that run routes are still have wingmen on them. Uh, but that one could run up the middle where it's wider less curves and do like the Lac La Belle and the Gratia Lake roads uh, without a wingman. Um, you need one in the scenic route and uh, M26 just because of the curves and the hills and everything and narrow, very narrow. So mm -hmm. um, so that plays a part in it. So and then and that's when the switch to the super trucks came along. We had sanders with underbodies, but we never had front plows on them. So we started adding front plows. Hey, this is great. Hey, what do you think? Well, let's add a wing to them as well, you know, as we got more experience with them and 
end up calling them our super trucks so they can do anything so yeah they're they're out there you'll see them all over the place uh on the lighter days so pretty soon they'll have capes on them (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah cool anything else that you think the people should know um uh trying to think the the uh, best thing is be patient with your plow drivers okay. uh, there's are there are days where we do have breakdowns uh you know mm. people call has the plow been by yet or hasn't been by yet and when in fact it has we've got so mm. much snow after it left that it, you can't even tell uh so always patience we're always going to get back around to it uh there's only so many plows out there and we got so many miles to cover the if it's a real bad day we're usually typically back around through uh, to double up on routes if we can and uh, you know it's uh, it's it's a it's a big operation for how small we are and to get everything clicking on those days where there are no phone calls it's it's a pleasure so uh, you know everyone's out there trying to do their best and hopefully our equipment survives and uh, um, you know it's uh, when we get through a winter with no major breakdowns we're always happy so wow yeah I suppose. Well, I want to personally thank you, and I'm sure most people would thank you for all your excellent leadership over the past years. And now you've got you've got a new new person in there to take over. So I wish the best for uh, the future of this as well. Yeah, yeah. I took over from Jim Hakel in 2003, and uh, he he did a great job for I believe he was there 32 years. Oh, wow. And now uh, Greg Kingstrom took over for me here a few months ago. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's going to do a great job. Awesome. Well, Excellent. The road through the Keweenaw to Copper Harbor is looking bright. Greg, thank you so much for talking with us today. I want to invite the listener to let me know if you have any questions about this episode or any of the past episodes. Uh, just find me at copperharborvitality.com and drop me a line there and maybe we can talk about it on the next podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Hope you have a great day and remember to be good to yourself. Ba 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 da 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 ba ba da ba do da da ba ba da da da